Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hi, welcome to the session. In this podcast, we will cover screening for perinatal depression. Perinatal depression and other mood disorders like bipolar disorder and anxiety disorders can have devastating effects on women infants, and entire families. Now, here's a quick clinical pearl starting right off the bat, and it's pretty shocking. Maternal suicide exceeds hemorrhage and hypertensive disorders as a cause of maternal mortality, and that's just terrible. Perinatal depression, which includes major and minor depressive episodes, can occur during pregnancy or in the first 12 months after delivery. This is one of the most common medical complications during pregnancy and the postpartum period, affecting one in seven women. So that's another clinical pearl. Perinatal depression doesn't just have to do with the first six weeks postpartum or the index pregnancy, but is new onset of a major or minor depressive disorder or any mood disorder that occurs in the first 12 months after delivery. The prevalence of perinatal depression is a significant cost to individuals, children, families, and the community. In 2011, 9% of pregnant women and 10% of postpartum women met the criteria for major depressive disorders. The college recommends that OBGYNs and other obstetric care providers screen patients at least once during the perinatal period for depression and anxiety symptoms using a standardized, validated tool. It's recommended that all OBGYNs and other obstetric care providers complete a full assessment of mood and emotional well-being, which includes screening for postpartum depression and anxiety, during the comprehensive postpartum visit for each patient. Now, if a patient is screened for depression and anxiety during pregnancy, additional screening should then occur during the comprehensive postpartum visit. Now, when indicated, OBGYNs and other obstetric care providers do share a role in initiating medical therapy or referring the patient to appropriate behavioral health resources or both. All right, we're full of clinical pearls in this podcast. Remember this, depression is the most common mood disorder in the general population, and it's approximately twice as common in women than in men, with its initial onset peaking during the reproductive age years. So that's why OBGYNs or anybody in women's healthcare have such a vital role in identifying this major mood disorder because of its vast impact on overall health. Now let's focus specifically on perinatal depression. Perinatal depression often goes unrecognized because changes in sleep, 
appetite, and libido may be attributed to normal pregnancy and postpartum changes. In addition to healthcare providers not recognizing these symptoms, women may be reluctant to report changes in their mood. In one small study, less than 20% of women in whom postpartum depression was diagnosed had reported their symptoms to a healthcare provider. That's why the ACOG states that it's important for OBGYNs and other obstetric care providers to ask the pregnant and postpartum women about their moods. All right, now remember that depression usually brings some friends along. Anxiety is a prominent feature of perinatal mood disorders, as is insomnia. It may be helpful to ask a woman whether she is having intrusive or frightening thoughts or is unable to sleep even when her infant is sleeping. Women with current depression or anxiety, a history of perinatal mood disorders, risk factors for perinatal mood disorders, or suicidal thoughts warrant particularly close monitoring, evaluation, and assessment. These women may benefit from evidence-based psychological and psychosocial interventions, and in some cases, pharmacotherapy to reduce the incidence and the burden of perinatal depression. Here is yet another clinical pearl. There is evidence that screening alone can have clinical benefits, although initiation of treatment or referral to mental health care providers offers the maximal benefit for these patients. Clinical staff in obstetrics and gynecology practices should be prepared to initiate medical therapy, refer patients to appropriate behavioral health resources when indicated, or both. Recent evidence suggests that collaborative care models implemented in OBGYN offices do improve long-term patient outcomes. All right, as we get towards the end of the podcast, let's review some specific screening tools. Several screening instruments have been validated for use during pregnancy and the postpartum period to assist with systematically identifying patients with perinatal depression. The Edinburgh Postnatal Depression Scale, or the EPDS, is the most frequently used in the research setting and clinical practice for several reasons. First, the scale, which has been translated into 50 different languages, consists of only 10 self-reported questions that are health literacy appropriate and take less than five minutes to complete, so it's easy. This EPDS includes anxiety symptoms, which are a prominent feature of perinatal mood disorders, but excludes constitutional symptoms of depression, like changes in sleep patterns, which could be common in pregnancy and the postpartum period. Now, the inclusion of these constitutional symptoms in other screening instruments like the Patient Health Questionnaire 9 or the Beck Depression Inventory and the Center for Epidemiological Studies Depression Scale actually reduces their specificity for perinatal depression. In addition, with the exception of the Patient Health Questionnaire 9 and the EPDS, other instruments have at least 10 questions and require more time to complete and to score. Now remember, this is directly from the college. As with any screening test, results should be interpreted within the clinical context. So here's what this means. A normal score for a tearful patient with a flat affect does not, of course, rule out depression. And an elevated score in the context of an acute stressful event may resolve alone with close follow-up. 
All right. So as we wrap up this summary of the ACOG Committee Opinion on Perinatal Depression from November of 2018, here's the final statements. Perinatal depression is a common complication of pregnancy with potential devastating consequences if it goes unrecognized and untreated. Remember, there is evidence that screening alone can have clinical benefits, although initiation of treatment or referral to a mental health care provider offers the maximum benefit. Systems should be in place to ensure some follow-up for diagnosis and treatment. So, the college recommends that OBGYNs and other obstetric care providers screen patients at least once during the perinatal period for depression and anxiety symptoms using a standardized validated tool. Now, it's also recommended that these same providers complete a full assessment of mood and emotional well-being, including screening for postpartum depression and anxiety during the comprehensive postpartum visit for each patient. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next time on Clinical Pearls.